Welcome to the Business Collective Podcast with Terry Fletcher. Weekly conversations and insights on how to go from employee to consultant in any business field where your years of expertise can be showcased. Take your career to the next level, entrepreneurship. Now here's your host, nationally recognized healthcare consultant, speaker, and author, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business Collective Podcast. My name is Terry Fletcher. I hope everyone's having a great day. Today, my topic is going to head into what we call e-commerce, which means trying to sell something online. And that can be a challenge, especially during a pandemic or a change in the economy. And so we really want to look at a beginner's guide. Let's look at it that way to building a profitable e-commerce business. And I sell not just services, but also I have a lot of things that I also have on my products page on my website at terryfletcher.net. And so I've had experience with what does sell, what doesn't sell, what happens when all of a sudden you have a spike in orders for something and then you see it kind of go down a little bit. Um, you know, I've sold a book on specialty coding. If you're in the healthcare field, you know what that is uh, through a different company, Medical Learning Incorporated. And I hit a, a million in sales, but it took me 17 years to get for that million. But it was still a great accomplishment. Now I sell ebooks on my uh, own site. And so when I do that, again, they're how to books. So there's no question that you have to know your customer base, or at least have some insight in what motivates them to purchase. And also I'm dealing with budgets for certain educational materials. But my number one piece of advice to all beginning e-commerce entrepreneurs is to prioritize profitability first. So it's great to have revenue, but if your expenses are continually putting your business into the red zone, it's time to rethink your business model. So according to uh, Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine, 29% of small businesses go out of business because they run out of cash. And despite the significance of the statistic, less than half of small businesses are profitable and nearly 30% are actually losing money. I know that's a big dose of reality, right? As we start off the episode uh, this week, but you know, I've been doing e-commerce business for over 22 years. And in hindsight, I see that my prioritization of profitability has really sustained my business through inevitable low points. There's a mythical line of thinking that businesses can't always be profitable from the start, but they really can be even if they're bootstrapped. So I've learned plenty about how to lay the groundwork for a profitable e-commerce business in my experience. And here are going to be my top tips for beginning entrepreneurs to hopefully steer you in the right direction so that uh, you're not one of those statistics that is already running in the red. So one of the big things that I talk about books first, because that's what my business is really based on a lot of education. Yes, auditing, services, consulting, but it's teaching people how to do things or giving my expert advice on how things should be done. So that really runs into a lot of an education piece, which is what I've made a foundation on as far as what my e-commerce books are. Now, one of the things that I did at the beginning, and this is when I was very young, is that I really wanted to see that paper book, the tangible proof that I had a book. And then I started pricing it out. And I was like, Oh, boy. So between pricing it out, making sure that you have uh, artwork and cover and stock and inventory, that was huge. It just became this huge expense. And then one day, and this is before we really had e-commerce and the internet was just really, you know, come into play. And it was as far as how to profit from your business and how to um, make it profitable, I should say through 
uh, the internet and making sure that you can do things online. And this is before Amazon was even more than just a, a bookstore. You know, now you get anything on Amazon. But what I really realized is, hey, maybe I can do this as an ebook, just a PDF, if you will, and see if that would sell. And it turns out it sold and it sells pretty well. And now I can do multiple publications. I don't have to have inventory. I basically can update it as I want and not have to worry about having to do a reissue or a, an errata where, you know, if there's mistakes, you have to add some things, especially on how to books. And so moving into the e-commerce space was huge for me. And I found that for a fraction, I mean, almost, I think it went down I think I was spending on expenses for this. I think 5% of what I actually charge was huge. And if you do it as a tangible or let's say what I like to call a brick and mortar, you're going to run into, again, you need space for your inventory. Um, you need something that people can actually see and touch. And, and that's going to be fine. I mean, if you have a business that it's something, you know, you're a clothes salesman or you're, you're trying to sell something that actually you have to ship to somebody in a tangible way. So they, it's something that they actually pick up and touch. Then it's still e-commerce if you sell it online, but a lot of times you can pivot to the, uh, the ebook or something that is more virtual. So the reason I mentioned the brick and mortar is consider many of us who had to change to remote working. Well, think of all those buildings that are now just sitting there without people in them and how much expense those buildings have as far as maintaining them and dealing with all kinds of utilities and staffing and all of that. Well, when you get into e-commerce, you also do away with a lot of expenses because I hate to say it's kind of a figment of the imagination, but it's really something that you can see, but you can't actually touch. And so it tur turns out to be more of a, a visualization of something. But first, let's just kind of go down and say, let's say we're both, let's say that we are both an e-commerce for a something that you can sell online that isn't a, a, a hard copy, if you will, and then something that is. And so first, and I would say this is one of the biggest things, orient your product in what your target customer wants most. So first, you have to guarantee that you have a product or service that your customer wants, or else you won't have any profits coming in at all. So... So here's a story that I like to tell that was from one of my friends. And what he noticed is that he went into a business endeavor and it did not do well, but he said he noticed that black face masks were gaining tremendous popularity. So he decided to launch a line of gold face masks, marketing them as a more luxurious brand than the black ones. They were a flop because he didn't really understand what the target customer wanted. So what they wanted is they wanted something that was um, didn't have any kind of logo on it, didn't have any kind of saying on it, wasn't making a political statement. It was something that could actually fit into uh, behaviors and workspaces and things like that. So the aim of marketing is to know and understand the customer so well that the product or service fits and then sells itself. And no entrepreneur can know with complete certainty that a product or service will sell itself until they conduct market research. So you want to talk with your customers whether via social media or by organizing, let's say a Facebook page or sour group or something like that. But think about this qualitative market research can be more helpful than quantitative. And so quality over quantity, because the very definition of qualitative means seeking to understand what the customer thinks. And as we know, a customer's buying behaviors are motivated by these thoughts and feelings. 
So taking, going back to the person I was talking about uh, that tried with the gold masks, I said, you know, the one thing that I'm noticing with all the masks, whether they look like a bandana or a cover or, you know, something that's a surgical mask or anything, what I'm noticing is that when people go to talk, they pull down their mask. And isn't the whole point of wearing a mask in the pandemic um, so that you don't breathe on somebody and so that there's nothing coming out of your mouth that can get that can be captured um, from a six six foot distance? Well, what I noticed is that we are not speaking to the deaf community or the hard of hearing community or to patients. I mean, I'm in healthcare. And so let's not just talk about talking one on one with somebody, but we're not thinking about the patient who'd like to see what you're saying as well. I know a lot of people that wear masks where I'm like, what did you say? Say it again. I can't hear you. And just my trip up to Napa recently where people were wearing, wearing masks, I couldn't understand a word they were saying because it's muffled. And so what I recommended is try to see if you can come up with something that has a clear covering where your mouth is so people can at least see you uh, speaking and try it that way. Well, he pivoted to, again, what the, the customer wanted and the buying behaviors and he sold out in the first two weeks. And so those are things that you really have to learn and understand and look at qualitative market research. You know, do your homework before you continue because I noticed that the biggest, um, he found out, and this is through some of the things that I did for him, is that the biggest audience for this, the biggest customer base were parents, that their kids could not hear what they were saying unless they could see that what they were saying as well. So it was kind of a dual, dual thing there. So that was a, a huge thing. Number two is invest time in learning the market. So there isn't an entrepreneur who just knows how to be profitable right off the bat. If you know that, then you've been given a gift that not everybody knows. Even if you've stumbled onto a new technology or product that does not fly off the shelf with minimal efforts, establishing profitability over the long term and beginning the process of scaling requires that you learn from people who've done it before. That's why I'm here. I'm hoping that I can give you some insights that I've done it before. I know it works and I know it doesn't work. So I believe that a major reason that I've succeeded is because I prioritize learning marketing to the fullest extent. So I rank marketing first out of all of the skills you can really learn because marketing really does make or break your business to learn. I actually took as many online courses as I could find, and I have a degree in economics, but I wanted to make sure that I also expanded my knowledge where I could learn about building profitable businesses, how to succeed in the e-commerce industry and how to market. And courses are popular. There can be a popular alternative to hiring, a, you know, a business coach because you can learn from many different perspectives and it's really learn at your own pace. And also courses are usually less expensive than investing in a business coach who may or may not have the, the wealth of knowledge that you're looking for. But regardless, it's important to be willing to invest in yourself up front. So I'm um, again, coming back with some statistics, 70 77% of small business owners first relied on their personal savings when they got started. When I was just starting off, I found ways to make ends meet why I invested in marketing courses. And I found a lot that were actually free online. And even if they're not great, at least you get something from that webinar, that course or anything. But the, you know, these are more worthwhile than other investments if they're credible courses that have also helped others. And there's certain things called master courses, and they also have them through Harvard, which are $50 a course, believe it or not. You can find them online. They're really easy to find. 
because investing in your own knowledge helps you run your business more efficiently. Remember, it's your business, you're in charge. So continue to learn, continue to absorb that information. Number three, and I mentioned this last week, actually, I think the week before, as far as partnering with someone and holding each other accountable. Now you have to be kind of, you know, picky about this, we talked about, but in the trenches of building a business, it can be challenging to stay the course and continue to work hard after working overtime, especially there if there are only a few wins along the way. I have personally felt very grateful to have certain business partners, uh, not necessarily that they are co-owners or co-founders, but they're people that can I can hold accountable, they can hold me accountable for things. And I know that we have each other's backs in business, which is exactly what you want to seek, especially if you're looking for a partner or a co-founder. Now, I do tend to be a one-woman show in some of the different things I do, but when I pull in partners, I make sure that's somebody that we can hold each other accountable. Research also shows that companies with at least two founders are less likely to scale too quickly. So I've learned that maybe having somebody in the trenches uh, with you can help slow you down, discuss strategy in depth, and also having a sounding board for new ideas, and have someone that won't let you down. So they have to help you show up every day, they have to show up every day, and that can have an undeniable impact on a business's bottom line. And then number four is stay lean. And this is really important because I think this is missed quite a bit, especially in e-commerce businesses or any kind of startups. Prioritize profit by keeping expenditures low and abide by the lean startup model. I always say, ask yourself, do you need it or do you want it? And if you need it and need is different than wanting, and I try to to hammer that into my, my daughter as well, it can initially be exciting to bring in money. And so you might think your company can now afford expensive business meals, or you can pay for everybody else, or you and your, maybe if you have a business partner, you can have this huge salary from the start. But one of the most expensive startup costs, if you end up bringing in people is payroll. So until it's absolutely necessary, consider putting as much money as you can back into the business. For any of you that watch that show Shark Tank, you're seeing that these people are like, I have this great business, I need all this, and they want to offer 10%. And all of a sudden, they want like $2 million. You're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, what are you doing? So try to stay lean. And this is also useful advice if your long term goal is to raise money. Investors want to see how you bootstrapped, how you saved cash while you were in the building process. So of your business. So consider how you can offer trades and building relationships to eliminate costs here and there. And remember that every cent counts. And it's also about getting your name out there. So, you know, staying lean and really keeping your expenditures low and trying to prioritize profit shows that your focus is now on marketing and on customers, on what they truly want and need. And now you have a basis for a profitable e-commerce business. So aim to keep the gap between revenue and expenses as large as possible while knowing when to invest in yourself through certain online courses to keep learning. Learning how to be profitable is the most important lesson you can learn as an entrepreneur. I'm going to share with you something just quickly before I end today. One of the things that I like to look for, because everybody always talks about franchises, and I always hear friends of mine saying, oh, I want to own a business. So they immediately go and look at a franchise and say, oh, I'm going to own a Subway or I'm going to own a McDonald's. And they realize that these franchises can start anywhere from $200,000 all the way up to two, three million. And you're like, well, what experience do you have in that, by the way? And 
It turns out that they don't have any experience in that, but they think it'd be cool. Uh, one of my friends recently, he said, I want to start a sports bar. Well, so would I because I love football, but that doesn't mean that that's something I should dive into. But if you keep it with your core, and I've said this quite a bit, you have your core understanding, your core knowledge, your core expertise, and then branch out in things that stick to your core. So when you are branching out, so for example, I did pick up a franchise. It was only a $2,500 franchise. And I may have mentioned this on a business um, collective podcast a couple episodes ago when I first started it. But this business franchise basically was a a cleaning service that then went into, I kind of molded it for what I wanted it because I'm not saying that, yes, I know how to, you know, do janitorial services, but in researching the business and realizing that it was kind of this gem of this cleaning service that also was green in nature, also was only dedicated to cleaning for office buildings. Then I pulled it in and said, well, what if we do this for medical and really focus on medical if I'm going to invest $2,500 in this franchise? Well, it turned out that I was not only able to invest that and, and completely um, quadruple my money in a year on two that I purchased, but I was able to explain to clients why they needed to go with this company and encourage them to go. And then the pandemic hit and you talk about having a jam already. So since then went in and, and got a few more and it's been quite, quite the uh, profitable business concept. And so this was also done completely on an e-commerce site. It was not even meeting with people in person. It was done completely as e-commerce and really looking at it from just a solo entrepreneurship and then really branding it and then moving forward with it. And so just something to focus on when you can find those things, you can uh, search them out, really look at, you know, entrepreneur magazine, look at Inc magazine, look at things that don't, are not tied to Bill Gates or not tied to big corporations. As soon as you start going out down that direction and looking in, you know, to the biggest billionaire in the country, that's not who you are as an entrepreneur. You may, if that's your mindset, then this podcast probably isn't for you. My mindset here is to not only help you start a business, be an entrepreneur, or build your business, but make it about how you can give back, how you can help people. And that's where you're going to get profitable, but also sticking to your core and doing what you love, making something out there from a business perspective and potential that can not only have you thrive, make you and your family and your, you know, your kids or whoever proud, yourself proud, but also giving back and seeing what you can do to make things better. And when you Think about that. And when you do that, money will come. Trust me, it'll come. All right, everybody, make it a great day and a great week. Thanks for spending some time with me this week. And I'll talk to you next week on the Business Collective Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Business Collective Podcast. Drop us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our website and blog at www.business-collective.com.